margaritas down at the beach. Bam, we're live. Uh, I, I'm, I'm watching this. Uh, Brian, hi. Chase, hi. Souza, hi. Um, Top of the day. Just this is what, what you're seeing on the screen right burst. now. Here is the, uh, I think this is the ride or die event. Um, it was an elimination event. They started with, I think, 20 athletes, then 10, and then five. I think this is the final heat of five. I wanted to show uh, Brian, Chase, and Sousa this. Look at Luka Jukic here. Watch what happens here at the beginning. Um, so look at look at their feet, where their feet are at the starting line. I don't know if you guys can see that. Um, yeah. they're, they're over what looks like to be the starting line. We've had this happen before in events where we don't know really what the line's exactly yeah is it on the line or behind the line brian do you know what the but before we brian hold on one second we'll we'll give you a bunch of stuff to answer give me one second and then we'll get this and i I want you to watch luka jukic what happens here and and i don't see any judges it looks like there's a field marshal in the back with a uh in that white shirt with kind of the 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 funny uh uh uh, groucho marks mustache but let me um watch luka here He's in between. He's just uh, he's in lane number five. It's the uh, 13th widest lane. All the lanes are a little bit wider or narrow than the others just to keep us on. on. I'd love I can't wait to hear how they mark this field. Uh, and OK, now look what happens there. Uh, uh. We already have a guy on lane eight who started to go. Uh, I would have loved to have seen Matt Frazier come out there and just like gut punch him. But whatever. And then, okay, and then, and then look at that. Then the guy in lane uh, six went, and and I, and I, I purposely turned off the sound so I, I we didn't get to hear that. So it's hard to do that. But watch Luka Jukic here. Watch what happens. Oh no, this isn't the right heat. Anyway, in one of the heats, he takes off and he starts running, and he looks and he stops running, and the rest of the guys keep running, and he looks back. I'm like, uh, it was it was like maybe the prince told him, "Hey, put on the brakes, buddy. Don't you're not supposed to." Do this. <laughs> Brian, hi. Uh, absolutely fantastic event, Brian. Um, I, I had to watch all five hours of it in 30 minutes commentating. It's fantastic. You and Derek are great. It was cool to see Matt up uh, in the um, in the booth with you guys. And uh, once you guys got past that first 30 minutes of the heavy lifts, I must say that the uh, we were really able to see the entire event and follow it. So I, I, appreciate, uh, I appreciate the fact that we're able to see all the athletes. Some weird lighting or something. It's kind of cool. Better. It's like you're stuck in the seventies. You're like okay. a, a, a little jaundice. A little jaundice. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. By the way, that Derek doesn't good. make you look too small either. Those words weren't on there when I got here. I've just been kind of bored, so I painted that myself. It's beautiful. You did a great job. That penmanship. That's the mm-hmm. Brian Friend font. Um, Brian, just to just to talk about what we just showed quickly, what 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 are the rules there? Is is this kind of like more like is this a serious? I mean, obviously it's a serious competition. The winner gets three thousand dollars, but is there sort of like a uh, kind of a gladiator, uh, less Hiller esque, and more uh, a, uh, you know gladiator vibe to this? Like, hey, take what you can. Like in arm wrestling, it's like, hey, what you know, the hand position you got to fight for. Chase, how many times have you? Uh been out here to Dubai to do the commentary. I think three. Yeah. Any patterns over your uh, experience? From the outside looking in? It sounds like Brian's <laughs> lost his virginity. From the inside looking, looking for, in. <laughs> he's looking for a friend to be like, wow, yeah, that's incredible. I, I, I see some things and I'm like, yeah, that sounds, that looks about the same. About as much information as the broadcasters get about what's going on when it comes to the action or the rules. Well, I can, you know, I can tell you guys, uh, I think that um, 
HWPO's involvement in this competition was really beneficial for me personally because I was able to work with them a couple of weeks leading up to the event, test out many of the workouts, have some feedback and input there. They're working in collaboration with the, with the event organizers for DFC to put this competition on. And of course, the event is, is funded by, you know, uh, an individual or family here. And so there's just some input coming from different areas. Um, something else that I'm not ju justifying this, it's just how it is, is that uh, being on time and being prepared for things uh, as opposed to just kind of going with the flow is just different culturally here. And it certainly gets like the Sevon podcast, like the Sevon podcast. Thirty <laughs> minutes before we go on, I send you guys DMs. Do you guys want to or text? Do you guys want to come on? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, uh, I've I made I I knew that I knew that I've been here one time before. I worked had a chance to work with Bill and Chase in 2019, and things happened very last minute. So I made it my priority getting ready for this to prepare for the things I could prepare for, which was to know as much about the athletes and the workouts. You know, given the fact that I knew there would be some late changes, which there were many late changes today. Um, but also knowing that I wouldn't have an opportunity to speak to the director until very close to the event. If I did get to talk to him, he may not speak English. Many of the cameramen don't speak English. There might be a liaison that's kind of working between those things. We may not have heat sheets. We may not have graphics. We may not have audio. And that's just sometimes how it is. Um, so a lot of those things are out of our control, but, uh, I kind of just came down to the point and I was happy to hear you say that I said to the guys, I want to see all the athletes lift. I want to see all the athletes finish. And if the people at home can hear our voices, can we like at least check those three boxes? And, and it and it is. You guys are doing a great job. And if they stick to the wide to the wide shots, we're golden. We can we can follow it like a sport. We can follow it like a competition. We can see how close people are. Uh, when you say someone's name and give us the lane number, we can just zoom right in. It's uh, it, it's fine. It's 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 better than fine. There are some weird quirky things about it, like those feet, like over the starting line, um, the the fact that sometimes we see someone take off and then like look back at their judge, like they're not sure if they got an early start or not. Uh, but, but this whole thing, there's no chip timers, right? This whole thing is uh, old school, right? They count claps. Uh, Eighty-seven claps, lane seven. Man, yeah. Just put a little piece of tape on the air runner and it'll do the job. <laughs> <laughs> and, and why, and are the, is there any, um, is there any reason that the lanes are different widths? <laughs> not any good reason. Okay. Not, okay. Uh, the lines the are floor. straight. The lines are extremely straight. I didn't go out there with the protractor, but it looks like a lot of right angles to me from it. I'm no scientist. I know like people, I'm no mathematician, but I see a lot of right angles. Yeah. The lines are straight. The lanes are not even that's, those are true facts. And, and have you asked, or is it like, is it like the don't ask, don't tell policy of the eighties? The pick, pick your battles type of situation. Okay. Um, the, the workouts, let, let, let's talk about just the, the bread and butter. Uh, the workouts look like they are all going off on time with the right athletes with a very fierce comp. Uh Oh, did I, did I already say something that's not true? Did we get some people in the wrong heats? <laughs> um, and, and the oh, competition no. looks fierce and it looks fair. And, uh, you know, we don't have any weird judges on lane five, you know, always everyone's getting <laughs> the penalties. Um, it looks like they're allowed to perform. It looks like the weights were picked accurately. Uh, even, even though you were mentioning you were surprised, you guys were surprised at how many people did so well at the hand clean. I thought it was fine. I, I, I thought it was a great way for these guys to uh, showcase their strengths. 
um, it did everything is everything else running without a hitch except for these just sort of these quirky things that come with this uh, this event? I'd say for the most part, um, and I, and I don't know exactly what the intent was by uh, HWPO and DFC in terms of the number of barbells that they wanted to see, to see athletes lift in the strength ladder there. Just taking it on its own, I don't mind that they're going, you know, 13, 14, 15 bars deep. They're, you know, they are getting four minutes before they lift again, and a little bit of fatigue builds up there. It's very contrary to last year where they only had two attempts at a max lift. So instead of that, you have to earn it over 15 bars. So I think it is a, a different way to test strength and a good way to test strength. But I know that they weren't expecting uh, the, the especially the women to get that heavy and therefore the event to go that long. And I believe that after that event, we were about 90 minutes behind schedule of what we oh. Had expected. Oh, you were. Okay. Well, when I went back and watched it, it seemed great to me. <laughs> in, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't in, know. In I know. The pro like the product I think was really good and fun and enjoyable to watch, but compared to what the uh, expectation was, um, and just in general about the field of athletes here, you know, there's been a lot of talk. This isn't the strongest field that Dubai's ever seen. I was blown away by the athletes today. I thought that they were incredible, and I was extremely impressed in all three workouts with the caliber and the level of, of uh, output that we were able to see. Uh, how much time do we have with you right now? Uh, we'll see. Okay. I, I, I just want to quickly – I want to quickly go over day one. Um, I watched all of uh, Lauren Khalil's videos from the morning chalk up. Uh, Chase and Brian, feel free to um, – Susa, you too. Feel free to, to jump in wherever you want as I go through my notes here uh, from the interviews Lauren did. You can watch the full interviews over at the morning chalk up YouTube page with Lauren Khalil. Uh, Reggie Foster said can he – bear... I just, just want oh, – you're talking about day one, the, the Burge? Yeah. Oh, Okay. <laughs> uh, R Reggie Faza said he bear crawled two flights of stairs. Now we, as the viewers at home did get to see Lazar uh, Jukic do a bear crawl on his final flight. And we also saw how damaged he was. And I'd like to know anything, you know, about um, what actually happened to Lazar. It looked like some neurological meltdown, the way his legs were like flapping all over the place. But did anyone else bear crawl? I mean, that, is, that sounds like I've never seen an event at the CrossFit games where someone went on all four. When they were when they could have ran Hill run two thousand nine. Oh, good point. Good point, Chase. Two thousand twenty. Good point. Those were some incredible angles people got. We got in trouble for some of those shots. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, Brian, Brian, did you hear anyone else besides Fossa? And did any of the women go on all four that you know of? Uh, I don't think I hadn't heard otherwise, um, but I haven't really asked that question. You know, and it's actually a technique that a lot of stair racers use is bear serious? crawling. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. oh shit. Yeah. I've done a couple of stair races over the last decade just for fun. And I got beat by professionals uh -huh. and they use a bear crawl technique, maybe not the whole time, but it's just like switching up positions on a rower. When you're going a long distance, they'll switch up pulling on the rails and bear crawling. They'll have gloves out there for it specifically. Wow. And is that something that you put into your pacing? So you go, you would do 10 flights of stairs on, on two and then one bear crawl. It just kind of depends on preference. You, it's the same thing for like a hill run. Is it best to lean forward and have short choppy steps and lean into the hill or get on all fours? I mean, Oh, think how many people we saw bear crawling in the 2016 trail run at, uh, in Aromas when they flew everybody down there. That right? was kind of mandatory though. There's, yeah. And I mean, it was almost like it, it, uh, it, it, makes it decide for you sometimes 
Right. Uh, I just going back. I, I know you guys didn't see the podcast earlier today, but uh, Jethro Cardona, just like Sevon today, guys just want to hug girls. Um, I just want to touch Chase's beard. I understand. <laughs> we are people who see things and then want other senses to experience it, and it's not. I thought about them. shaving before. Coming. You're not the only one who wants to touch Chase's beard. <laughs> um, I've, I've actually I've already decided that if you go off on one of your tangents, that I'm going to just stare at Chase's beard instead. Oh, <laughs> awesome! Awesome. <laughs> It's the eye go. candy. Eye that candy. one's that one's appropriate. Uh, so, um, Brian, what what did happen? Um, did, did medics? We we were told and we saw kind of a glimmer that Lazar was on a stretcher on the 160th floor. Can you give us tell us anything that happened? Was there any conclusive uh, conclusive uh, you know medical evaluation that they're like, hey, he was low on electrolytes or he's dehydrated or what happened there? Panic attack, which we will get yeah, to. Well, yeah, I mean. We, we got him water. We got him sugar, apple juice, uh, some a little bit of food that we had there. Um, and the medics were tending to him, you know, the entire time. Uh, everyone else finished the event uh, and was and was able to go back on the buses. He stayed with the medics, a couple of the event directors, saw a doctor, got medically cleared. All of his levels were were normal, and they approved him to come back to the hotel and see his uh, his girlfriend and his family. Uh, but he definitely wasn't feeling well, and I don't really think he was feeling maybe up to, to standards until midday today. So the schedule ended up being favorable for him in, in the fact that there were approximately 30 hours from the finish of that event until the start of the next workout this you know this e- this evening. Uh, if there had been less time, I, I'm, I feel like he probably would have withdrawn. But given the amount of time that there was there, I think maybe around noon or 1 p.m. today in Dubai is when he kind of made the decision that he was feeling good enough to, to go for it and wanted to continue on in the competition. Uh, but he did not go to the hospital, and he did not take an IV bag, as far as you know? As far as I know. Okay. Uh, Jessica Valenzuela is, is commenting on the camera work. You will. It, it only gets better. It, that was about, as I recall, that was just the first 30 minutes, and then they go to a uh, wide shot. So, Mike M., so Sugar saved his life. That's Easy. a fucking leap. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Mike. I love you. Okay. Um, Alex Catullus, uh, uh, won e- event one, even though he thought he was going slow, he said his legs were burning and it was mentally tough. He thought about his sons back in a- uh, Athens with every step. Now, this is something that Chase brought up earlier. The breathing, uh, the hardest part for him was the, me- the metabolic part. And he said, turning in the staircase, sorry, it was Bill Grundler who said this. He said, turning in the staircase was very dizzying. I'm paraphrasing what he's saying, but he said that was one of the most challenging parts for him. He said, metabolically, the burning of the legs, and he said it was dizzying making all of those turns. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't heard that from more people. Brian. Actually, and now that I think about it, me too. And that's a lot of turns to make, and you're, you're pretty much always going in the same direction left, 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 left. Uh, he said, uh, when they asked, did you pass anyone? He said he did. He said he passed Koski on the stairs and, uh, told him, sorry, buddy, as he passed him. Uh, the event was a half mile climb straight up the tallest building in the world. Uh, starts were staggered every two minutes, no water, no music railing played a large role. As we t- said, Lazar Jukic was ruined. Um, four minutes separated the top 10 men. Uh, um, Brian, uh, are you surprised that the women and men were so close in this? Uh, not necessarily. We've seen kind of a pattern emerge over the last maybe decade or so at the games where they're in these longer events uh, that are relatively similar or sometimes exactly the same, that there are women that are competitive with the men, long runs, runs and swims, sometimes 
maybe with a bike or a paddle or something like that. So it's definitely possible and not unprecedented for the women to keep up with the men on some of the endurance events. I, I want to say, I don't have the exact uh, numbers in front of me, but I think Tyler Watkins or someone sent a spreadsheet. Maybe it was mm. uh, Mr. Spin. But you can see that many, many, many women beat many men. And, uh, and, and that's a pretty cool thing. It'd be fun to see something like that with a mass uh, start. Uh, Cons Porter said he had some minor claustrophobia in the stairwell. Um, he said he loosened his vest and uh, pushed that out of his mind and got his breathing uh, straight again. Uh, Koski said he came out. Oh, Stay with, with that comment from Con for a second, yeah. because I think that, that this is one of the elements of the workout that is very cool. And this is kind of the thing that I like to see athletes of this level have to deal with. What Con, I saw, I was there when Con finished and, you know, a couple of minutes after he's able to you know, gather himself, he said about uh, two thirds or three quarters of the way in, he loosened his vest a little bit and was able to breathe much better. And he really wished that he'd thought to do that earlier on. But what what I meant in the opening is it's an it's an unknown element. You know, no no one's practiced climbing 160 stairs without water, without air, without music, without anyone around them, and so the, the athletes are forced to adapt on the fly in a situation like that. He figured it out eventually. What what might help him out, um, and other people didn't. You know, I spoke with Luka Jukic about this workout a few times, and he goes, "I should have skipped some stairs." He took every single stair the entire time, and he says he thinks that, that cost him several minutes. Oh, uh, Luka said that. Interesting. Uh, I will say this. No matter what anyone says was their all-time favorite event they've ever done in their CrossFit life, out of any athlete, there will be no athlete who climbed the world's tallest building who will ever forget it. It will be it, – it will, it'll be hard to say that – I think not. actually Lazar Jukic forgot about that. <laughs> he definitely forgot – well, I, I, I heard I, – I, I'm hearing rumors that he forgot the last 60 floors. Yeah, I was going to say uh, the best 100 of his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but what what an amazing amazing opportunity to kind of just say you did. There there's a um, it's it's kind of like saying at this point that you got to compete in Aromas. You know, it, it, mm. it's it's up there with like a really fun thing to do. I mean, you went and climbed the tallest building in the world, and obviously we know a lot of people. There's not even we can't even find an official world record on who's done this the fastest. I will say this, and we'll check with Brian on this. These guys and gals with their vests became very close to breaking what is the speculative world rec record. And what I mean close, I mean less than a minute. Is that correct, Brian? Well, I'm pretty sure that, that Jamie Simmons has the record for women. I don't think that that's something that, that any women had ever done before. As far as men, I do think there was a guy who did a faster time than Alex Catullus, but I don't think he was wearing a weight vest. Mm -mm. So, so Jamie Simmons has done that without a vest before? No, I'm saying I don't I think prior to that event, oh. I don't think any women had ever done that. Oh, God. oh, wow. One by default. Wow. That's like so when my like, mom won the half marathon at the, but she was the only one in her age group. Wow. Okay. That's right. Hey, it's still a W though. She that's the only that vagina that's traversed 160 floors in the Khalif Burj. <laughs> well, in the world. Now. What? In the world. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, I think Lena Richter, uh, Lena, I believe, started second, but finished first, got to the top first. And in one of her posts, she mentioned that she was, or she thought she at least was the first woman to have ever done that. That's cool. Wow. I wonder if you could have carried something up with you, like a Mickey Mantle baseball card, and be like, <laughs> and it's been up to the tallest building in the world on the staircase. A flat um, Stanley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This bottle cap from this Pepsi <laughs> is the only bottle cap that's ever. Uh, Koski came out said he uh, said he came out too fast and got frustrated with himself. 
uh, Guillaume Briant uh, said he used a lot of arm pulling. Um, Brian, did you hear a lot about that at the top? Like, wow, like people were surprised at how much arm, the fatigue on the arms. Yeah, uh, Fraser had been talking about it. You know, he'd done it a day or two previously that that was a significant factor, and he was feeling the grip fatigue late in the later flights of stairs. And Guillaume Brianna did speak to him, and he said the same. He said he depended on that pulling strength a lot. The upper body pulling happens to be a strength of his anyway. So he was kind of pleasantly surprised that that factored into it. I wonder if they you you would think that the the the, the would, do we know if the preferred route was on the inside, so to stay to the the railing that's always on your right. Versus the because I'm, because it's, go, I'm, it's always a right hand turn right. Yeah, but the it it wasn't very well, wide there, right. That, yeah, it was basically you were pulling on both of the railings, guiding wow. yourself up. Wow. Okay. And I you know I I did a couple of like maybe two or three of the flights of stairs at one point, uh, and that pulling plus skipping a stairs technique seemed pretty comfortable, but it's only for three flights. One hundred sixty is a you know very different story. Okay, you did one fiftieth. You did one sixtieth of the. <laughs> one fifty to one sixty. But it was the, the point is the stairwell is fairly narrow, and mm-hmm. and in, regardless of the height of the athlete, male or female, everyone could reach the railings on both sides and use it to help them move, move up the staircase. Hence the claustrophobic piece. Yeah, because it, it could because it is so narrow. Um, Amy Kringle said she started with the two step technique, skipping a step, uh, and she felt like she also started very hot. Um, Emily Rolf said floors. Uh, from 120 to 140 were the hardest hmm. and i'm guessing that's when you're you're kind of in no man's land right yeah i mean uh when I, I spoke to o'keefe about it and he said it was about the 120 130 mark that it got it just got like really really tough and it was hard for him all the way in but maybe for her she realized you know there's this thing called the stop sign phenomenon running where like eventually you're around the corner you see the finish line and then you get a little like extra burst so maybe that happened to for her with about 20 flights left. Uh, Susa, could you bring up the leader board? I think I sent it to you in the private chat. It we'll is. Just, well, okay, we'll just, we'll just look. Uh, either one. I okay. just want to uh, give the top three for each of event one, and then we'll move over to event two. Uh, if you could rank them by yeah, event one. I've got to say, this might be my favorite Dubai event ever. It's pretty cool. I had a chance to sit down with Saud, uh, one of the event organizers here, yeah. uh, prior to this, and do a little article recapping some of the more more historic offside events that they'd had here. They've had you know thirty two kilometer bike uh, rides in some mm-hmm. desert environment. They've pushed weights underwater. They've swam with ice vests in the ocean. They've done a variety of things, but this is such a unique opportunity. I mean, you can't, you just can't get up there. Like you can't do that. Right. And so to be able to do it in a competition like this is like seven said a once in a lifetime opportunity. Susan, can you organize them by the uh, event? Number one, Burj uh, Khalif. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jamie Simmons, first place, Amy Kringle, Emily Rolf. Uh, Jamie's time was 32 10. If we could switch over to the men and also organize them by event. Number one, uh, you have Alex Catullus at thirty thirty seven. He's the one who th- said he thought he was going slow. Uh, An- Anol- what, what's that guy's name? Anol Akai. Anol. Anol. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. An- An- Anol Akai with the thirty one thirty six. He, by and- the way, has a very fond memory of something else you've called him in the past. Oh, he does. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what was it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Can and you a guess? Of his, 
and a couple of his friends have uh, adopted that nickname for him thanks to you That's oh i'm awesome. i'm sorry ikai. <laughs> i'm sorry ikai there was a kid in school i did that too and i regret doing it he was one of the nicest kids ever and uh he, he had to pull me aside one day and be like hey you got to stop and so i, I should have known better i i'm maturing slowly as the listeners know uh, okay uh brian guion guiame guiame the the outlier from france uh kind of a miracle and it shows how inclusive crossfit is and even a french man can make it a uh, 32 wait, 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 wait. i feel like that's a slight at willie george uh, it is mm. it's slighted all of the, the entire country and i love you guys don't worry um and france uh, 3209, incredible time, but what's even more incredible is it is the same time, only by one second different than Miss Jamie Simmons, the fastest woman ever to climb the tallest building in the world. Event number two, the hang clean ladder. Uh, first time we've seen hang clean in any major uh, CrossFit event. Uh, Chase, did you get a chance to watch this? What I did. Your, yeah. What, what What were your thoughts about it? Is Is a hang clean a, a viable lift to test strength? Is yeah, it, I like is it. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we had the hang snatch at regionals. I think in 2014 as a specific event, but this was. I mean, it's different. We've never really we've never seen the hang clean specifically, and it poses a much different challenge than something from the floor or a power clean from the floor. And so I, I really liked having this as the strength event, but I also liked. The number of reps. I mean, you guys talked about the top of the show. I liked how many lifts that they had to do because it wasn't just, okay, we get to this weight. It's really heavy. We get there in five. Like there was a big element, I think, of stamina and endurance as well as having that top end strength. So I, I enjoyed that. I liked watching them also go four or five at a time, whatever they did. And then, and then seeing like holes in the lanes as they went yeah. on, like, oh yeah. shit. And then there were three and then there was two and then there was one. <laughs> Uh, Brian, what, what did you think about the time, uh, one, one opportunity and only 20 seconds? We good with that? The, so the, what I really liked about it was the fact that you had to complete the lift within 20 seconds. And the reason being, because if you have the 20 seconds on 10 seconds transition and you don't have that guideline in there, then you risk the run the risk of people running deep into that 10 second transition period and throwing off the entire flow of the event. And, and so because I kind of like that, I'm also okay with the one attempt rule because then you don't necessarily feel rushed to try an attempt just in case so that I can maybe squeeze another one in. And so you saw really deliberate approaches from the athletes from the beginning all the way through. And I, I don't think there were very many athletes that had an execution error because they were feeling the pressure of knowing they had to do it the first time. I rushed through the event. I didn't see a single execution error, like anything. Well, We'll get to this. There was there was one major error in one of the tie breaks. We'll talk to that in a second. Uh, uh, were, were you okay with the time piece, Chase? Twenty seconds, oh, one it. lift. Yeah, yeah, one lift, one attempt. Get rid of all the BS. I mean, you think of Matt's background in Olympic lifting. They get one shot. Like they don't have a minute to lift on the platform. In fact, they have I think what is it like a thirty or forty second shot clock as soon as they step onto it, and then they have to make the lift. So. There's a little bit of, uh, you see Fraser's background in Olympic lifting in there. It's like it, you get one shot and one shot only, and I like that. I did see Jamie Simmons catch one in the hole and try to come out of the hole three or four times and then eventually do it, and that was crazy. Do you remember Dude. that lift, Ryan? That was nuts. I do, and I, you know, it's, it was you know, one of the elements that you see there in the, in the hand clean. You see it in just a, a clean in general, a full squat clean, but you have to make the decision. Are you going to try to – get a little bit of the bounce out of there 
or are you going to stabilize and wait and then trust your front squat ability from a dead stop and stand it up? And she was kind of <laughs> riding the line in between there. She tried to bounce it out. She didn't make it. Somehow she was able to gather herself, tried again, still didn't make it, and tried a third <laughs> time and stood it and stood it up. And yeah, it was one of the more impressive you Which know, is lifts insane. within that competition. Yeah. Like that, and I she didn't hit the next one. And I don't think people know, totally. right, because she did like three max lift front <laughs> yeah. squats before she got that rep. But like, I don't think people really understand how hard it is to do that. Like, it's not like a snatch. Like for a snatch, you, you receive it at the bottom. The easiest part of the entire lift is standing it up. For a hang clean, the hardest part clearly is standing it up. And to bounce multiple times, Fabian Benito did the same thing. I was like, there's no way he's standing up with that. And then they get it on the second or third try. I don't think people really, truly can comprehend how difficult it is to do that. And, and, and uh, what Jamie did was a lot of mental power too, because she got so vertical on her last attempt. She wasn't just using muscle. I mean, she pushed that bar so far back into her, into her, into her neck and her throat. I thought she was actually going to fall backwards for a second, but I mean, when she finally made it, she was vertical. It was, it was, it was kind of, it kind of looked like a, um, not a suspension bridge, but a, like a cantilever. It was nuts. Yeah. It, was, it was a fantastic lift. Uh, did anyone not make it past the first bar in the men or the women's heats? Everyone made it. I think everyone made it uh, three bars actually. And I, and I didn't mind that. I mean, I was actually pushing for a little bit of a lower starting weight because when I, you know, when I looked up the expected lifts for this field, there was nowhere near what they ended up performing. They, as a, as a whole, they both the men and the women exceeded expectations in terms of kind of average uh, lift before bowing out, and then obviously also some of the the top end stuff we saw, particularly from Karen Frey. Um, but I don't mind the light bars. I don't mind like grooving that, and you got to see the athletes make a choice. You know, many of them were doing power cleans for four or five, six bars, and some who didn't need to were doing squat cleans just to get into the rhythm of the squat clean. What was the first weight for the women? 85 kilos. Uh, do we know what that is in pounds? It's about, like one eight, one about 190. Yeah. And, and, did, did, and what was the first weight for the men? Uh, 300, around 300 pounds, 305 pounds, something like okay, that. Okay, so none of the women beat the men in this because Karen uh, Frey did 275? 270 or 275, yeah, right around there. But here's, this is a good here's a good example for you, Savan. When I was giving this workout, I was giving it in pounds. Last night, we were working on um, finalizing scorecards. We created it in pounds. Then the decision was made to switch to kilos. So we redid the workout in kilos. At the briefing today, they advised the athletes that they were changing from pounds to kilos. The kilos that they listed in the briefing were not the kilo weights that ended up being used. <laughs> I like it. I, Keep you on your feet. But what I, I just want to say is, and as ridiculous as that might sound, it's just how it is. And what I've been so impressed with is the athletes' responses. No one's giving them a hard time. Everyone's just rolling with it. They seem to have like this collective understanding that, okay, this is the task at hand, and we're just going to do our best to complete it. And we'll get to the next workout. We'll talk about a change that had there as well. And the athletes' response was just as positive. They just accepted it, rolled with it, and moved on. Uh, just to let you guys know how heavy that is. I don't know who that was, but she picked her bar up and you saw her bar bend. And then when she did her dip, you saw her bar bend even more. She got, she got, yeah, here, this is nuts. This is Taylor. How? Yeah. Look at the bar. 
nuts. Wow. Uh, any PRs out there, Brian? Did you hear? Did you? I mean, I know that's kind of oh hard for you to know out there. So, did Con you know, PR? Because that dude was so fired up after every lift for like six lifts in a row. Susan, or was he Susan, just having fun? Both. Susan, pull up okay. Con's latest Instagram post, and I'll let um, him answer that question for Chase. But <laughs> you know, we because this isn't a lift that's often tested in competition. We couldn't go mm. back to some regional semifinal sanctional anything to find really a relevant lift in competition for them. So we were just kind of going off of their clean and jerk. Sometimes the clean and jerks lifted, you know, restricted by the jerk. Sometimes it's the clean. So we didn't really know. And that's why, you know, we were, we were off, which was fine. There were a lot of PRs today. We can look at cons first and then I'll tell you about a couple others I know of. A 15 oh, wow. kilogram. Hang 15. Clean PR. <laughs> Any PR is clean. <laughs> that's awesome yeah look at that 15 kilogram pr from the hand wow. we were talking about it in the at some point today that you know he spent the majority of this past season trading alongside one of the strongest guys in crossfit called tola morakinho mm-hmm. their skill sets ah. offset each other a little bit but clearly whatever he's been doing in iceland is paying off because yeah not only did he pr his hand clean he pr his clean period and no, no, it does happen sometimes in competition. I think that one kind of maybe clever or not necessarily realized aspect of this event and why we saw so many PRs in it, when you're getting ready to come to a competition, the athletes, they're just like, they're so excited to get going. And they had, they got a chance to get going yesterday. Like we talked about with Lazar, that was 30 hours before they got to go again. So they had 30 hours to just kind of sit around and ready to go. But during that time, they can get body work done. They can get a sleep. I mean, many of the athletes took a two or three hour nap and then got 10 hours of sleep last night. They were eating three full meals today before the competition started. So they were fueled up, primed, adrenaline rushing, first time in the stadium ever for a CrossFit event. And all those things contribute to, plus everyone was having such success early in the lifting that they're just like, oh man, everyone's staying in it. I can't, like, I can't bow out of here. And Uh, Martin, Martin, Martin Graham, uh, America, switch to metric for fucking sake, please. Uh, please uh, send a letter to our Dr. Fauci, Martin, and uh, we, will do, Fauci. We, will do, we will do whatever's safe for our people. We need to run the proper scientific tests. If it just saves one life. I, I will say the metric system was much easier to work with when oh, I was doing so engineering in college. Than it's crazy so, that we're yeah. not a metric system. About freedom pounds, right? Hey, when I was a kid, I said they, that on they, a broadcast once. When I was a kid, they said we were moving to the metric system, and they started teaching us it in school, in public school. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, been, huh. it's either that or you were on mushrooms. It, not, not <laughs> quite at that point in my life. I have to, I have to rule that out. Uh, oh, uh, Brian brought up a very good point, I think, or Chase, the fact that he was um, that Khan was there training. Think about what Khan got to be with. He got to be with Catherine uh, David's daughter, two times champion, Annie Thor's daughter, two times champion, uh, Miracle second place, um, finished uh, the year against Tia two years ago after third coming back place. from a preg- pregnancy, third place. Uh, she's been in three different, uh, you know, kind of generational. Uh, cohorts of games athletes. She's been there since the beginning. And then on top of that, he's got uh, Tola, but then he's got one of the most experienced trainers ever in Yami Tinkinen. I mean, so maybe it does matter. Uh, well, I think you got a lot of structure there too, which I, I don't really associate Con Porter with in a positive way. You know, he's a very free spirit and his training, yeah. I think, would mimic that over the years. And 
to go to Iceland isolated in a house with the team and very focused. Like there was no doing anything outside the box on a team with Andy. I think if he was even an individual in Iceland, he would have had a totally different training experience than he was with a structured team with Andy and Yami at the helm. Mm. And when you have someone like Tola who can really push you in those weights and, and those things, I think it was the perfect training environment for someone like Con Porter to reach a level that he probably didn't know he could tap into without someone being there to focus him in the training. I mean, at the CrossFit Games on the team competition, when the team was like a 100 max front squat or someone did a 100 max jerk, they switched places. Khan was supposed to do the jerk there, but he ended up doing the front squat and he PR'd. I mean, what did Khan hit on the front squat, Brian? I can't remember. Was it close to 400 something? Maybe I think I'm he PR'd his front squat and they made the decision walking out to the floor, not even in the, the warm-up area. So Khan, wow. I don't think realizes how good he actually got in the team training settings. I think it was a, it was a perfect time for Khan uh, at the uh, perfect place at the perfect time. And it's really cool to see it pay off for him. And, and that's not a dig on the, the training regiment he has in Australia where on every uh, other Wednesday he makes friendship bracelets and exchanges them with Ricky <laughs> Gerard. I mean, it, that shit's cool too, but it's just it's more mental and less physical. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, can't you see Con wearing like doing like in between workouts, like making hemp bracelets <laughs> on the yeah. beach in, in Australia? Line of girls trying to get the Con... Uh, friendship bracelet mm-hmm. um can we pull up the leaderboard oh, oh i, w- I want to say this so they went to a tie break here in this event and this is this is where lane width might matter uh let me explain the format of the tie break first because much please. like um we were talking about with the format the 20 seconds one attempt and, and the way they had that laid out <clears throat> in the tie break let's just say that the four of us all went out on the fifth barbell we did not go immediately to the tie break because perhaps Sevan was lifting in the first heat, Chase was lifting in uh, wave three, and Matt and I went out in wave four. So in that instance, because there was you know mandated t- periods of time in between, Sevan would have had maybe a two-minute advantage in terms of rest over me and Matt. Now, he's going to have that two-minute advantage either way. But the first two minutes of rest is pretty critical when you have to go and then do five hang squat cleans at 225 or 155 pounds or something close to that which I don't know what weight it actually was, but I was kind of close. <laughs> 220. We were off. <laughs> either, either way, instead, everyone who'd advanced through the fifth barbell would then be sent uh, to, to lift again. And after the sixth barbell was completed, the four of us would go to the tie break, which is what we're watching here. Okay. And um, after, the, after one of the tie breaks, uh, uh, Lazar Jukic uh, crossed the finish line and slammed his weight belt on the ground and was looking around. And I don't know if it was you or Derek, but someone mentioned that when Lazar was uh, doing the, the hand cleans there, that he had a collision. And I don't know with who, but that their bars actually hit each other during the hand cleans. Can you tell us what happened there? So first of all, as you mentioned, there's no chip timers. So the the person who crosses the finish line first is not necessarily have the fastest time. The the judges were supposed to start the stopwatch as soon as the athlete moved. Therefore, so if they fall started, it takes that out of the equation. And that's in theory what it is supposed to do. Okay. Um, so uh, instead of having some kind of false start penalty, which you could also have chosen to have, they just, you know, the athletes were not told, uh, go whenever you want and they'll start the stopwatch. But the judges were told, when the athlete leaves, you start the clock for your lane. When the athlete crosses the line, you stop the clock for your lane and you write down the time that's on your stopwatch. 
stopwatch, and that's the time we're going to go with. Now, it was really small margins, and so it's a little bit of human error, obviously, with the stopwatch, but it does somewhat account for what appeared to be, you know, false starts on the uh, on the broadcast. That's good. And, and and why was there a collision? Was that one of the athletes turned sideways or the lanes weren't marked properly or what happened there? And who did he collide with? They're uneven. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, so, I mean, the, bar, the barbells, it was, it was tight on the floor there. And as you saw in the snatching workout, they had the staggered barbells that wouldn't have worked necessarily here because the athletes needed to traverse the same distance to their bar and back to the bar to make the tie break fair. But they wanted to have enough bars in case there was a big tie break. They never had more than five athletes. And afterwards, and I want to give Dubai credit for this, because a lot of times I see things happening in competition that is obviously there's a better way. And then a lot of times they just let it go, and then they'll address it for the next sex that's coming up. They'll just say, yeah, we screwed it up for the women, but we'll get it right for the men. Two times, both in this event, they made a change on the fly after realizing that there was a better way to do it. First, they had the athletes running to the bar, turning around, and then doing a, a lift. They had changed that and they put them in the back so they could come forward and therefore not eat as much into the 20 seconds and 10 second transition times. So good job on that. In this case, there were five men in that heat. Lazar was on the outside, I believe. Next to him was Vladimir Sashin from Russia. And Vladimir just, as, as can happen, he just lost his grip of his barbell trying to cycle one of the reps and it fell to the ground. No, no problem so far, but it bounced a little to the right. And when he picked it up, it banged into Lazar's bar that was coming down from a previous, you know, he's about to cycle it back. At that point in the tie break, Lazar was in the lead amongst the five guys there. But because of that, which obviously rattled him and stopped his momentum, he dropped to third in the tie break. And two other people were able to pass him by a small march. He was obviously upset about it. The throwing the belt on the ground is a lack of professionalism in the moment, but you can understand being a little heated. From there, he went and did what he was supposed to do, which is address the head judge, which is the gaucho mustache man, by the way. And he's an yep. incredible head judge, and I wish I had more opportunities to work with him, and uh, and submitted an appeal. That appeal was reviewed after competition ended today, and Lazar was credited back a small amount of time, I think somewhere around 0.15 seconds. I'm not sure how that stacked, how, if that affected him moving up one or two spots or not, but we did award him back a little bit of time after the conclusion of all competition today. Interesting. Uh, it, and, and I, and I guess for all the coaches listening, that is something that like you should, that could be spoken, spoken to the athletes about like, Hey, anything can happen out there. A bird can fly into you. A bar can hit you. A fan can throw a, a, a beach ball out there. Anything your rower, the batteries could stop on your rower. It's up to you to keep your shit together. I don't have a problem with the belt throwing by the way at all. I, I, it, it, it's it's this. You have a problem with the chase. Here's here's the thing. You know when Josh Bridges would just explode as he crossed the finish line. Yeah. I just kind of see it as that. You're just it's just it's just blowing off steam. He just exploded. It, I see those a little differently. One's a celebration. The other one, like when Josh, there's a big difference between Josh running up on the platform after beating Rich Froning and push pull, then Josh throwing his oh, glasses against the wall okay, because yeah. he couldn't <laughs> do a deadlift. Oh, I give up. So <laughs> to say he Rich did Trump. two rounds before that yeah. one. You know, Travis Williams kicking over the weight plate placard oh, because yep. you know, so yeah, the heavy cleaning jerk. There's a difference, and especially in a host country like Dubai, where I don't really think that's custom. It's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, be be on your best behavior. That that being said, I can empathize with the frustration. <laughs> gotcha. 
Fair. Okay. Well, and, 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 uh, I would like to say that I, uh, this show is, um, very fond of Lazar and, uh, uh, he can almost do no wrong in my eyes. I was actually surprised that he did that, honestly, just because of the, uh, Lazar's character to begin with. But I mean, listen, you get frustrated. He was probably already frustrated where he was after day one and just his positioning there. And listen, it gets the best of all of us. You, you get me in my worst moment on a competition floor. It wasn't very pretty either. So I don't blame him. And no matter how nice they are off the field, these are all lions. Like there, there's no competitive as hell want to win. It's like the reaction when you get yeah. mad as a dude and you like punch the wall and then yeah. instantly <laughs> after you punch it, you're like, why did I do yeah. that? Now my hand hurts. Now you're mad at yourself. Yeah, uh, that's I get it. probably what happened is a heat of the moment thing. Now I have to buy a painting to hang over that wall. That yes. Whole. <laughs> yes, that's what I was thinking. How am I going to hide that from my mom? Get a poster. <laughs> uh, can we look at the leaderboard for the uh, hang clean ladder? Uh, any surprises um, uh, in in the women's division? Uh, in, in the, who, who did who placed where here? Could you or yeah? Thank you, Susan. We go women or men? We'll do, we'll do, women, we'll do women first. Women first. Uh, no, so you look at the top three f- women there. Karen Frey, uh, some someone I thought had a chance to win this. Oyana Moya is arguably the strongest pound for pound lifter in CrossFit, uh, or at least up there. And Dana wow. Fran has a has an Olympic weightlifting background, which she recently posted about why that part of her um, career came to an end five years ago. And uh, you know, she's obviously leaning into that here to have a top three finish on this. Well, why did her career end in that? Pretty devastating ankle injury, I believe. She was much very similar to Matt Fraser. In fact, was told that uh, she would never be able to lift again or do anything competitive with weightlifting, and she refused to believe that and has, you know, fought her way back to, you know, showing up here at a pretty high level CrossFit event. Uh, Karen Frey, 122 uh, kilograms. Uh, Oliver, 120, and Paran, 117. What do these times mean? Oh, those times are the tie break times. Yeah, so you see that Carlson and and Howe went to a tie break right below that. Richter, Angonis, and Rangel had a three way tie break. Okay. Uh, okay, going over to the men's, uh, the hand clean. Uh, uh, Fabian uh, Benito Celis, uh, first place, one hundred and seventy two kilograms. Oh, it was a tie break between him and Reggie Fossa. Uh, I, the, the the boys were in the prediction show were predicting Reggie Fossa, uh, but no one predicted uh, Fabian. Fabian. Brian uh, did. He did. Yeah, said it on oh, the broadcast. Okay. All right, all right. Show us how well I listen. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Fabian is with a, four and a half reps to five though. Four and a half to four and three quarters. So interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no. It's it, this is good. Uh, it was. I think it was pretty obvious to anyone who knows what they're watching that Fabian Benito did not stand up the clean fully on the last rep of the five rep hang squat clean tie break. Um, some of the athletes brought it to the judge's attention. Some people at present on site brought it to the judge's attention. That's not how a, a review typically works. You can only challenge, you know, or dispute something that happened to you. Mm. And there's, you know, room for conversation around that for sure. But in this case, Enough. Uh, there was enough input that was coming in from on site, from around the world, that I did advise the head judge that he might want to take a look at that because it was for the event win. There is money on the line for winning events here in, in Dubai individually, and I thought that it might be worthwhile to take a look at that. And taking a look at it, we slowed it down and we saw that that he it was definitely a no rep 
Reggie Foss's rep was also a no rep. Maybe in Reggie's case, it was the fact that he saw Fabian was going and realized, well, if I don't go now, I'm not going to win anyway. I mean, we, we don't know what he's thinking in the moment. Because both of those were no reps, uh, they were having some conversations about potential ways to uh, address that. I'm not sure what the decision that was made was, but as I advised you guys before coming on the show, these are the results that are entered in here, but currently they should be considered. And, you know, there's not going to be a very significant amount of change, but there is still a potential for some small things to change before competition starts tomorrow. Change regarding? To, uh, uh, a couple of a couple of the reviews, like I mentioned. Oh, about okay. Like they, oh, like they, this, like the, like these scores aren't even final. Not that they're going to adjust other events, but that these events, the time still might be changed. Correct. So they put, because it was such a fast turnaround today and they're going to have a different protocol tomorrow because obviously the competition has to end and be finalized tomorrow so they can announce the winners. But they knew that they had a long amount of time to do that and a short amount of time between events today. So they decided to accept the disputes that came in, but review them after the fact. They did not want to wait until all the reviews were in to post any scores because they knew that people in the United States and Europe would want to see something during the day today. So these are technically unofficial, but they're like, you can consider them like 99%. Okay. Uh, Hankling ladder uh, at the, uh, also down below, unfortunately, is Luka Jukic, which uh, we understand. No, 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 no. Not unfortunately at all. I have never okay. seen Luka so happy after an event. Okay. His, one rep max, his one rep max front squat is 160 kilos. He hang cleaned 155 today. Damn. He has been working wow. relentlessly on his strength. He told me that he's gone through a massive squat clean um, strength cycle recently. And he was so, he didn't, you know, the placement is what it is. He was so happy with this result. Okay. Cool. Okay. Good to hear that. Good to hear that. Uh, yeah. Only five kilos behind his brother, uh, Lazar Jukic. Uh, and uh, once again, uh, we, we went over this, but Con Porter taking fifth place all alone, didn't have to do a tie break, 167 kilograms, uh, two places higher than Brent Fikowski at 165 kilos. Yeah, and you know, if you watch the entire event, uh, Brent was one of the guys that I was kind of looking at to maybe have a top three finish here, and he looked really smooth and really solid all the way through, and then all of a sudden just missed a bar without and it didn't even really look like he had a chance to hit it. So I'm not sure if that was maybe an execution. I mean, it's not like he had a bad finish, but it was uh, a lot of times when an athlete missed, it was kind of the writing was on the wall. Mm-hmm. We saw, like we talked about with Jamie, where we saw a difficult rep and then they would miss the next one, or we saw a little bit of uncertainty and then they'd miss the next one, but not for Brent. It was like great and then miss. It looked like he shorted his extension a little bit, trying to get under the bar a little too fast, but you know, you get to those certain weights and it can be like that, right? It's like, okay, this is the easiest lift I've ever done. Five, two and a half kilo jump is kind of what they started to do towards the end, I think, Brian. Hey, yep. buddy. Sorry. Hey. And, uh, you know, you get a you know, jump another five pounds and it's, that's all it was, right? But to me, it looked like, and you'll see this a lot with a hang, especially, is you'll come off the floor, it feels heavy. It sits in the hang. It feels heavy. And so you're just like, I panic a little bit to try to get under the bar. It just seemed like he shorted it a bit trying to get underneath. And that just put him in a bad position. Not not that that's against the rules. It's just that you're not maximizing your power. Right, Chase? Yeah. Yeah. And it was more, it's more of like a, um, like a crutch or or like a mental thing. It's like, it feels so heavy. I need to get under this bar faster. So maybe you don't spend that extra half inch getting the bar up, thinking you can get under. And then that bar lands. Look at that weight. 
it moves a half inch forward on your shoulders. It's coming down to the ground quick. Like you can't fight that and, and save it. So at those weights, that's usually what you tend to see is that one looks great. And then the other one looks like they had never lifted before. <laughs> uh, first two workouts are pretty self-explanatory. And then we go to the third workout, which is get a grip. We'll take a quick, quick, we'll take a quick, a <laughs> quick, uh, a quick look at uh, this workout had a 22 minute time cap. This is the one that we were joking around. Is it a chipper or is it a triplet? It's basically rowing toes to bar snatch, rowing toes to bar snatch, rowing toes to bar snatch with ascending uh, weights. Uh, Ski. Oh, did I? Uh, sorry. Well, it had to change. Oh, yes, yes, yes. What happened there? Right, right, skier. What? Ha- thank you, thank you. Uh, what happened there, Brian? Why, why did they change, and when were those changes made? We asked for 15 rowers. We were given 15 skiers. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's Fraser say about that? Does Classic he, he, mix-up. <laughs> does Fraser go out and kick his camel, or does he just chill? Does he chill? He has to wait for the U.S. to do that. <laughs> I don't know if this is true or not, but the rumor is that the guy who was supposed to be in charge of that went to Qatar because he's Dutch to watch the Netherlands play the U.S. Uh-huh. And the guy who is who who ended up doing it in his place brought the skiers instead of the rowers. <laughs> I God, I would like to see someone's face when when that uh that is so awesome. Uh, does that um. Does that significantly change the workout? I mean, you, you, you're still getting the heart rate piece, right? Did they change the cows? The calories? They did change the calories. And I would, I, I hope Chase comes back to answer that question. I'd love to get his perspective on it. Um, let's ask Chase. Chase, uh, the, at the, it sounds like the guy from Qatar was too busy focused on the World Cup game and heard. And I think in Arabic, it's only one little swirl, like one little swirl. That's the difference between a rower and a skier. Um, how much does this change this, this workout? First of all, that, that written language is fascinating to me. Yes. Like just yeah. to see it written out, it just looks like, like art. Uh, yes. no, yeah, exactly. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I know it's probably, it's easy to read just like you'd see like, uh, like any glyphs, but I, I, I think it's a beautiful written language. Um, so this, it, like it, it changes the event, but it doesn't, it, it's not a bad thing. Right. It's not like anybody was training for this event because we just found out what it was a day or two ago. Like it's not like they brought GHDs instead of nobody got to practice this. Now it does make it a lot more like redundancy movement type of a thing. So like the rower, you're driving your legs, you're pulling back with the arms. On the skier, you're extending the arms, coming down, and it's like it's a lot more triceps than it is biceps, the opposite of the row and the ski. It's all core coming down, and then you got to do the same thing on the toes of our. Which really, when you look at it, if you want to put a positive spin, like it's a really cool twist to throw at them. You've got some redundancy between the ski and the row. Now, how well can you snatch with good technique for high volume, moderate weight under fatigue, and then a surprisingly heavy low that requires a lot of technique on your last 10. So if this was the change, like say the change we had to have with the alpaca, like that's a dramatic shift of what the event intent and purpose really was it didn't mm-hmm. do that when you change it to the skier and, and i really like having that ski change but i also like I actually was talking to jr is that he didn't like this but he didn't like that they lowered the cows 
And the reason why I like that they lower the cows because cows on the ski is way harder to get done than cows on the rower. So lowering it kept the stimulus of the event the same as far as the time frame and effort they would have to put forth on the the, the erg implement for the concept too. So I, I, I liked it overall. And I'll say this, I know from testing and from talking to Jake Marconi and Matt Fraser, who had done this workout as well, that they were hopeful that a majority of the athletes would finish under the cap and that they thought the best times could be between 15 and 16 minutes. And with the change to the ski calories, both of those things were still accomplished. Uh, Luka Jukic claimed that he would win that event, and he took first. Hey. So he did it. Uh, Call this shot. And, and, I, and I'll awesome. tell you this, too. I'm, uh, he finishes. He, he was in heat one today, having been in the bottom 10 after the Burj Khalifa challenge. And he finishes that workout, and it was an incredible workout. He was going against uh, his brother, and Jorgos Kedervis. And Jorgos Kedervis is well-known in Europe for being very good on workouts that feature a gymnastics bar, bar movement, the pull-up bar movement with a barbell cycling movement. And for as long as Luca's been competing in CrossFit in Europe, he's been unable to beat Jorgos on those kind of workouts. So he considers him elite in that style of workout. He knows how good his brother is at that stuff. And, and I was being a little bit critical of him saying, it's heat one. I don't like that he's walking over his bar and celebrating before crossing the finish line. Well, he got wind of the fact mm. that I said that and messaged me like maybe an hour ago and said, I knew that if I was beating Yorgos and Lazar on this workout, that no one in the second heat was going to beat me. Dang. Wow. I that's like to say, <laughs> it's hey, cold. <laughs> but, 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 Brian, I, I got your back here because uh, those are the times. I would have said the same thing, by the way. We have seen people do that yep. and then get passed. Finish it when it's finished. Don't celebrate before you yeah. finish that. So finish I, I do Cross think it's, it's, a, uh, it's a bad habit, yeah. but, but I do also like. Uh, it's easy to text that after. I like Lucas. <laughs> yeah, Lucas, exactly. Uh, responsible. Um, Hindsight. Well, the other Ryan, thing, the other thing of note there is, you know, like don't sleep on how well these athletes know each other. Hmm. You know, especially right. these guys competing in Europe. There are a lot of competitions in Europe. They're not all of this magnitude, so we don't always get to see them. But these guys compete each other against each other quite often and have a really and if and if they don't, they know someone who has, and they have a really good understanding of where guys like Kairovis are, are going to do really well. And so, you know, Lucas said it was a very uh, uh, significant accomplishment in his career to be able to beat Gorgos in a workout like this. And I, you know, we all agree here, finish the workout, celebrate afterwards. But to be that aware that that was going to be a time that was, you know, capable of holding up is still notable. Uh, if we can uh, bring up the woman's uh, leaderboard and organize yep. it by Get a Grip. Um, this is the event, I believe, the first of two in a row that, uh, Karen Frey wins. She won three and four. Is that correct? Yep. Am I saying it? Karen. Karen. Not Karen. Karen Frey. Kerin. Is it Karen? Karen? Karen. Uh, it's not that. I think Chase said it right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, the only reason I it's like my girlfriend in college name was Karen. So I was like, I feel like it's. Dude, this this <laughs> chick's from some. You don't even know what country. Do you know what country she's from? Karen. Uh, Karen. Slovakia. No, yeah, it, it's definitely She's not like the sixth time okay before it split same thing I, I, i'd like to put in a dispute to the judges <laughs> there's no way brian and chase have this right caught in or, or there's something funky i'm gonna tell you that's it that it is right. uh she she oh wow so okay oh so that was her second right there win in a row i thought that was the, did, did she also win the next event also close but no okay uh and then we have andrea uh, solberg and then uh jamie simmons 
then uh, Moya, and then Emily Rolf. Uh, ha, ha, let's, just pause, let's just pause for a second here. Please. Andrea Solberg, she's phenomenal at gymnastics. Dude. I thought for sure that the last 10 reps of this snatch would stop her in her tracks, but it was actually Jamie Simmons that that happened to. Jamie was first getting to the barbell, and not only did Karen pass her, Andrea also passed her, and I am extremely proud and impressed of Andrea Solberg for her performance on this one. Uh, is Jamie Simmons also known for her Olympic lifting? No, she's just generally she's good, good at everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was her and Yonikoski both who struggled a lot more with the last 10 reps of this workout than I expected. And and the spacing between th – this is a lot of yes. time between first, second, and third place. We have 15 seconds basically separating first and second between uh, Frey and Solberg. And then Simmons 30 seconds after second place. That's a and big gap. And I mentioned to the – to the broadcast team that anyone getting to that barbell within a minute of someone else could have a chance to pass them by. Because if you are forced, and, and this happened to men and women today, if you're forced to hit a rep, and some of them had a squat snatch it, by the way, stand it up, back up, take three breaths, recompose yourself and go again. That takes a lot of time. And there were other people, athletes that were able to snatch it, drop it, one breath, get up, snatch. I mean, you can make up a minute like that. Uh, this oh thank you that's my name in Arabic nice hold on let me write that down yeah get okay. that tatted on you without uh without referencing checking that yeah put, uh, it, on, put it on your rib cage too yeah just blindly like a pumpkin do spice latte with your small dog <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and and the weight that Brian's referring to for the women was one thirty five one hundred thirty five pounds I think actually after talking to some people it was closer to one forty five what the fuck is going on here. <laughs> are you kidding me no here's the thing people this is not a cause i want you guys to stare at brian when he says this stuff because this is this is a man who probably when it says one water of, of uh, uh with for every one one cup of water with every one cup of oatmeal if he spills a little when he walks over to the pan he starts over he dumps that shit. <laughs> like this is a guy who's not comfortable with like maybe it was 145 loose loose yeah. standards yeah like this isn't Ish. uh yeah, I, I i almost feel i'm i'm actually enjoying this, <laughs> this the there, there's here. a discussion if the crossfit games is going to get rid of the unknown and unknowable and dubai's like fuck you we got you <laughs> <laughs> even we don't know yeah yeah take that <laughs> we don't know. oh brian just let me ask you this this is going to be a ridiculous question but uh, but it's going to be fair are all the bars and plates the same Yes. And who's the manufacturer? They're all of the same manufacturer. All the, uh, the what are the things that you put on the ends to keep the weights on? What are those things called? Collars. The collars yeah. and clips. Are they all the same? They are. Okay. So, so the, and, and it's probably a fair question since the, the lanes are different width. And we're not exactly sure. What would make you think that it's not 135, even though it says it here on their uh, Instagram account? Conversation I had with someone uh, maybe an hour before coming on here. <laughs> fucking love this uh we we had a little discussion uh before these events started like why do people throw events and it's 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 interesting this event is put on uh by the crown prince over there and this i think this event is put on for his enjoyment right definitely in part yes and also to, i think to to showcase dubai so yeah fantastic okay great i think that's a right. big part of it 
Yeah. Well, it's definitely, it's cool uh, the, doing the building run and having all these beautiful athletes there. Yeah. Getting that, and, and we're definitely having fun trying to figure out what the, what the weights are. Okay. So, so 10, you were, well, basically we were talking about, about uh, 10, Brian had stated that, Hey, when you have 10 snatches at the end at 135 for women and 10 snatches at the end for 185, if you're a minute behind that can get, you can still pass someone ahead of you. Yeah, and I think in the case of Andrea Solbergen and Jamie Simmons, looking at 30 seconds that she beat her by, and I think she got there maybe 15 or 20 seconds after, so she's pushing towards a minute of time that she was able to make up. And Andrea Solberg is not known for being that strong, just a testament to maybe just to how well she held up through 120 toes to bar compared to some of the other athletes. Uh, Bruce Wayne, God is great. Fine. Good. All right, great. Uh any time caps up to this point in these three events? Yeah, there's 22-minute time cap. On no, but did anyone not make the time cap? There was no time cap for the Burj Khalifa Challenge. Everyone finished. Hang clean ladder doesn't have a time cap and, and uh, get a grip. Every athlete was able to finish. I fucking love this. I love this. This has been a topic of so many events we've covered. The athletes get to actually finish the workout. Go figure. They might not know the weights. <laughs> give you enough time to do it. They might push the competition back 90 minutes, but they'll get to finish. <laughs> yeah, you get to do it. I mean, it, great. Hey, you know what? Who gives a shit about the athletes? We weren't waiting as the viewer. No, I think everyone was loving it. And honestly, yeah. I think the athletes were loving it too. I mean, you saw Con Porter there. He didn't care that it was whatever time it was. He was, he was hitting the lift of his life. Right. And it's not like it was in a marathon day either. That also helps. Like, what is that? A four to five hour time window to get all the events in for the day? It's awesome. Late start okay. too. I'm, I'm afraid we're going to lose Brian. We have one more event, but let's look at the men very quickly at the get a grip uh, competition. Uh, Brent uh, organized them by. Oh, let me find it real quick. Stand by. I think you're there. I am, but it's not. Um, it's not zoomed in where it's supposed to be. I was trying to get it in tighter. Exact same workout. It's basically a triplet. It's a, a row, toes to bar, snatch, uh, row, toes to bar, snatch, row, toes to bar, snatch. The snatch goes from 75 pounds, 115 to 185. Brian will correct me if I'm wrong. All I have is the Instagram account. Um, and the winner of this event, uh, Luka Jukic, who called it beforehand, we actually uh, talked about that a little bit. Then uh, Georgis Carvas, 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 and then third I actually place. wanted to see this. I had in my notes Fikowski and Jukic both down for fifteen thirty one, and I didn't know which had finished third. I was going to say much tighter uh, race, but Brent was in a, Brent was in a different heat than Lazar, and they finished within three tenths of a second of each other. And Crazy. that's why, if you're Luka Jukic, you don't risk it and you run across the line. It's that split snatch Fikowski was doing. Saved him those six, uh, three tenths of a second. Okay, so let's let's maybe talk if about. Could do a, maybe if he could do a power snatch, he could have made up three seconds. Ah, uh, well, hey, that's. Uh, why? Why was he split snatching? Is that the first time you guys have seen that since two thousand eight? I've never I seen I, that. I think I know, but I want to know what Chase to. thinks. So, Chase, any okay. speculation? If his groin is still hurt, that's the only reason why I could see him doing that. Uh, Okay, if I were to not, I'm okay. I'm so I'm not speaking for Brent, but if I was just looking at what that does, like if you're fatigued enough that you don't want to drop into a full squat, which makes your cycle time slower, which means you can't race people at the end, then you would do and you, and you can't have the confidence to drop into a power for fear of getting into the squat, then the split that allows them to get under the bar fast, 
It allows them to land lower and slow or speed up their cycle time versus squatting it. Uh, Tammy is suggesting that it's because they were uh, short bars. I, I think I'm reading into what he said, but would the short bar have play a role in that? You don't get as much whip through the middle with a short bar. It's very rigid. So what you would normally get, say that have that snap from hip to overhead, you don't get that as much. And so the split again, see if, so if Brent, and this is what I mean by receiving the bar low. If you just put Brent's back leg forward, he's ba- he's right at a parallel squat. It's really hard to receive a power snatch in that position and stand up from that with a secure bar. So that allows him to get lower. It means he doesn't have to work as hard to get the bar as high, and then he can get under the bar faster. This is what I absolutely love about Brent Fikowski. He goes, you know, it, it reminds me of uh, Dr. Dre lyrics. Like he goes back to the lab and he does his work there. And once he's found something out, he doesn't tell anyone about it. Mm-hmm. He waits until the optimal moment and he does it on the competition floor. I guarantee you he did zero split snatches in the warm-up area, but he knew that he was going to do this. It, and I think it's a combination of what both Temi and Chase are talking about. Brent's one of the tallest athletes in CrossFit, or at least at the highest level. And those bars are, are a disadvantage for someone like that. You can't get as wide as you want to to snatch. And you, I guarantee you he has one at his garage up in Kelowna. And he's practiced this many times and he's figured out that if I find myself in a situation, there's certain weights that I can split snatch and be more efficient than power snatch or squat snatch at the end of a workout under fatigue with the stubby bar. And he brought it out here. You know, uh, he's in he's in a great position right now. He's leading the competition. There's $50,000 first place prize. You get, you know, it's a perfect time to bring it out. And I bet you we see someone else do it down the line because of what they saw today. You know, this reminds me of, because you're right, like this is what Brent does, is he unveils something he's been working on secretly in competition. We're in 2017 regionals where they had the 10 half length ropes and everybody would legless rope climb and then get really high and then wrap their feet. And what Fikowski pulled out is this thing I'd never seen before, is he would jump up, pull up, and then squeeze the rope with his legs to help get another grip. And we had never seen anybody try that before. And then... We saw people start to bring that into competition afterwards. So yeah, you're right, Brian. This I guess is a very Fikowski esque unveiling of something he might be working on back in the lab. It, it looks like he's giving um, Camille uh, LeBlanc-Bazinet uh, credit for what she did in 2014, that he was copying it, and that also uh, he states that those bars, those short bars, are nine inches shorter from mm-hmm. collar to collar uh, than the regular bars that the rest of us use in our crossfit dude he's been holding on to it for eight years <laughs> don't understand discipline and patience that takes. my goodness oh uh, it's so great all right uh if we can uh look at that one final time the uh the winners list and then we will go over to the final workout here and did you guys talk about it already and agree that this was not a chipper it was a three-round triplet <laughs> Yes. Okay. I don't know if we agreed on the podcast, but I feel like we settled that in the text stream. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely a a three round triplet. Yes. The chipper is coming. Don't worry. Even if they haven't announced it yet, there's always one in Dubai. Okay. Uh, Ride or die. um, It starts with 20 athletes, goes down to 10 and then to five. Do you like that name by the way, ride or die for this workout chase? No, I don't. Tell me why. Because you're not writing anything. (laughs) <laughs> the, the bike oh we're on the bike i thought we we're talking about i thought that was the, oh that no that's get a grip yes i like ride or die it's a okay. very very good <laughs> one. yeah and also susa for for later on uh your mark hannah carlson's instagram post 
Got it. Yes, ride or die is a very apt name for this one. Uh, 20 athletes, then 10 athletes, and five athletes. If you survive, you get to go to the uh, second round. If you survive the second round, you get to go to the third round. That's why it's uh, going down. It's basically an elimination event. It, uh, it starts off with uh, the echo bike and then legless rope climbs, and then it reduces the number of calories each time on the echo bike and reduces the number of legless rope climbs. The time caps are four minutes, three minutes, and two minutes. Uh, I feel like we used to never see stuff like this, and now every event has oh, it. Oh, no, 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 no. I approve. Sousa. Hmm. Sousa. Uh, uh, well, you don't have to pull it up, but I wrote an article about this workout as well. I doubt very many people have seen it. We posted it because Dubai really hadn't actually posted this on their Instagram. It was on their website when the event started, and we wanted to wait to make sure it was out before publishing the article. But I wrote an article that was basically asking if this is the quote-unquote best elimination style workout we've ever seen and referenced I, th- I think this is right that the first real elimination workout we ever saw was actually in 2012 at the obstacle course after Pendleton one and two yes oh i do remember so ten, that 10 10 years ago that we saw, did see a workout like this of course we've seen elimination style workouts on snatch speed ladder clean speed ladder clean and jerk speed ladder more recently it's and it seems to be often with weightlifting we also did have the speed skill medley this past year at the game so you're right seven in modern times more and more frequent are we seeing elimination style workouts showing up but the origins do go back to that camp pendleton uh obstacle course that was mm-hmm. a cool event damn brian you might yeah, be right so- because uh, any other elimination we've had say outside like rogues one is that okay obstacle course that was you make a mistake and you, you get knocked out, not necessarily like your fitness holds you back. On the clean speed ladders or the snatch speed ladders, you're either strong or you're not. It doesn't really matter how fast you are under the, the movement patterns. The sprint course knockouts that we've seen, you're either fast or you're not or you're slow. Or this how about one, this one? No, this, this one right here. Oh, the, uh, right. The, the sprint. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. And so all of those really play to a specific athlete either fast, strong, or you have some type of skill that nobody else really has in obstacle course. Uh, what I like about this one is that you get a little both as far as the big athletes get the bike and then the gymnastics athletes can have some speed on the legless rope climbs. There's an element of fitness that's in play here. There's an element of stamina across the rounds that are in play in here. And the more I talk about it, the more I really enjoy this as one of the better knockout ones I've ever seen. Uh, this we was really event fortunate. Fo- Go ahead. We're really fortunate to be able to have Matt Fraser on the broadcast for this. I do think he'll be joining us for one workout tomorrow as well. And I would I would advise people to go back and listen to that. He actually shares some really good insights into things that uh, I think you'll be really lucky to ever get a chance to hear him talk about. Uh, not just about the design of the workout, but some of the ways that you can maybe attack it. And specifically on how to breathe on the echo bike, which I've never really had uh, someone explain to me that way before. But one of the things that I asked him about and that he referenced here because it was what stood out to me immediately. When we have the elimination workouts, you know, what happens is everyone does round one, but half the people are eliminated and then they're done. And then, you know, someone, people advance on, they have to do it again. They've Mm -hmm. done twice the work. Someone advances on, they have to do it again. They've done three times the work. And then someone advances again, they have to do four times the work. Well, in this case, all of the athletes for the men, it was 44%. And for the women, it was 50% of the work was done in round one. So you're at least doing half the work, even if you don't make it out of the first round, which is better than doing 25% or 33%. I like that. Uh, Jeremy, eat world, a uh, little behind. How do I get in on this? Text <laughs> speaks of, you're more likely to get kicked off of it than get on. To it. <laughs> let me just tell you that. Subscribe to the newsletter uh, and uh, you'll be uh, let in. Yeah. 
Uh, yes, go over to the Sevon Podcast website and sign up for the uh, text. Newsletter. Yeah, that's that's what our text thread is. It's actually the newsletter. Back. <laughs> it is. It. it, it I'll, I'll tell you this about the text thread. Um, it's. It's really. It evolves each time. But basically, what it is is, is a group of us. It's my personal pool of people to summon to the podcast because we're about one fifth as organized as the Dubai Fitness Championships, <laughs> and I just fucking I put up the ring the bell for dinner. And, and, and people come running see who shows up. <laughs> and see who shows up and uh and we just changed the name i'm going to just start changing the name of the text thread as soon as the dubai uh championships is over we'll switch to the open or no we'll switch to wadapalooza, wadapalooza. We'll call it wadapalooza. Mm. yeah and then we'll switch it to the games uh okay do you have it pinned chase that text thread on the top of your phone can you pin a text thread oh good great answer i like that i'll teach you how to do that right after brian do you have it pinned I don't have need to silenced. because we get a text like every <laughs> five it seconds. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have it muted. It Dude, I can't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I'm at one of these competitions, an event happens, and I look at my phone, 139 messages. I'm like, who the hell is messing with me? Opening it, and it's like there's two things, 138 from this one and one from someone else. Yeah. 138 is you guys. I'm sure when I you wake it. up in the morning, there's like 462 of nuts. <laughs> Yeah, I one love of them says, the uh, one, of, one of them is chasing. I hope Brian wakes up to a thousand. Messages. <laughs> <laughs> Sevon does. We saw his text. Yes, I do have it pinned at the top, and and I've, we've chosen an eyeball as the icon, which I absolutely love. Shouldn't we go on like Signal or something? Because this text thread does not need to get like taken <laughs> yes, like, and yeah. spread to the world. We don't. I need don't know. Our, it's our, pretty, our emails. I don't. I don't emails. need Big Brother reading this text thread. <laughs> it's pretty benign. It's. I think it's chill. But that's. Listen, that's me. Yeah, okay. for the apology videos. <laughs> um, like like Brian said, uh, the great Matt Fraser, uh, the greatest male CrossFit athlete ever. Uh, um, you know. Be, be in the game, five CrossFit Game Championships, join Brian and Derek, uh, which was very cool. Uh, Brian, is there an audience there? The way the lighting is, you can't really tell. It, it more looks like a theatrical setting, like you're looking at a stage, which is fine. But um, is there an audience there? Yeah, there are a few hundred people here. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a tough weekend. Obviously, the World Cup's going on in, in mm. Qatar right next door. There are two CrossFit competitions also happening this weekend, more local, but that's obviously pulling away from people who would normally attend, one in the UAE and one in Kuwait, which is also very close. There's also a Rugby Sevens tournament going on here, and it's a national holiday. Getting the Coca-Cola arena that they're using for this is pretty tough. They built it in 2009 because there's always tons of stuff going on in Dubai, so this is the weekend they were able to get it, but it does coincide with several other you know, sporting events that are probably detracting from the um, attendance that we could have had potentially. World Cup, that's the sport where the guys won the game but had to share the money with the girls. That's with the, this is the, the black, this is the, the, the black, time in the podcast where I start staring at Chase's beard. <laughs> the black and white ball on the ground. Okay. Uh, they um, uh, let's let's look at the leaderboard or, or let's yeah let's look at the leaderboard of this. Uh, and anything controversial happened in this um, uh, or uh, let's not use the word controversial. Any unknown elements where the echo bikes actually turned into um, Schwinn Airdynes, where the ropes uh, actually turned into chains. Did, did everything go down? As- <laughs> I'll tell you a funny, funny story. So they, uh, this workout was briefed today, a couple hours before competition began, and afterwards the athletes were allowed to go on the floor and, and test out the equipment and whatever, and they were doing some legless rope climbs, and one of the athletes noticed that the ropes were in widths. So they brought it to the attention of the... Uh, like of the, the diameter, the thickness of the rope, they weren't consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, half of them were thick, half of them were thicker than the other ones. Uh-huh. 
so they, and they um so they changed oh. it they had the, they had 10 ropes that were the same they just had hung five that were different but the athletes noticed it and then they were able to make the change it makes and me feel better about my question the, about, the competition happened everything was uniform it makes me feel better about asking if they were all they all use the same bars it makes me feel no but it's i mean it is it you know it, it, it's good. I mean, it's great, obviously, that that happens. Bad that it could have potentially been a mistake, but everything was fine in the end. Okay. Uh, the the men, um, uh, Lazar Jukic uh, won, then Luka Jukic took second. Um, Akai, what's Akai's first name? Anyol. 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 Akai took third. Brent Fikowski took fourth. Any surprises here? Yeah, Anjola Kai for sure. I mean, Lazar and Luka Jukic, Brent Fikowski, those are easy picks on this workout. I thought they'd probably be the top three. And and Anjola is a young man from Spain who, you know, made a little breakout appearance at Madrid, taking second place to Lazar. And look, he's had a second and a third place finish. 11 and 13th isn't that bad. You know, we talked about that this might not be the strongest field we've ever had in Dubai, but it's by no means a weak field. And so to have four, you know, 13th place finish, two top three finishes halfway through the competition is a very good showing for him so far. Um, any errors that cost anyone a placement that they shouldn't have? Did you see any, anything like someone get no rep? We haven't talked about any no reps, but anyone get no rep for not touching the top? Anyone fall off the rope? Anything like that? Any bikes not work? Any, any Anything like that? No. Very clean run on this one. Fantastic. Uh, I did any- ask. I did ask the head judge uh, earlier today if they, if any uh, regulations are going to impose for the descent of the Lagos rope climb. Uh, did you have to show control between a mark or anything like that? And he said, "Nope, racing environment. They're going to try to get through them fast. We'll let them come down any way they want." Fantastic. I actually love that. I actually was looking at Lazar Jukic come down the rope. It was nuts. <laughs> it was drop, catch in the middle, drop again. It was savage. Uh, do we? I, I love that. I'd love to see the games adopt that. Less safety. More more personal accountability. More, let, uh, more, less force safety. More more accountability. Let's see. And no injury. Everyone, Men everyone, will die for fine. seconds, right, Chase? That's right. Uh, okay. Men will die, women will kill. Um, we are at the fourth event. Uh, Chase, what are these athletes feeling? Do they are they fatigued that it's the fourth event, or do they get a second win knowing that after this they get to go home and lick their wombs until wombs coming until into it, or how they're feeling at the end of today? No, after. coming coming into this. I think coming in, they're probably doing fine. I mean, I, I actually think the clean ladder probably flushed their legs from the day before pretty good, especially with all the warm ups that they needed to do with the squats. It was heavy. It wasn't high volume. You got the uh, the grip and the core might be a little fatigued. So you could probably see these guys and girls coming into this event a little like feeling what they've done so far. But I, I wouldn't um, imagine any of them were hampered in any way. Uh, Brian, any any unique wound licking that you saw from the men after event one? We were speculating that uh, that could you know do stuff to them that they're completely unfamiliar with. Did you see anything like that? No, I've, I mean, I've uh, I think. What Matt Fraser told me is because there was no eccentric movement in the Burj run or the Burj Khalifa challenge, that the athletes were very, feeling very, very um, little to no soreness or fatigue the next day. Something that I hadn't really uh, thought about. Obviously, his his knowledge in this domain is far superior to mine. But like I said, the HWPO guys didn't have any uh, soreness one or two days after. Neither did any of the athletes. The grip workout, you know, 
could potentially be a factor here because obviously you need your grip to do the legless rope climbs. But I, I think at this point coming into this workout, what is that? That I'm telling Chase eight, tell your wife eight minutes. We have eight minutes. No, it's my son. Oh, <laughs> eight minutes, sir. Okay, we're good. He's watching Paw Patrol. All right. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's good. I got one here too, watching Sing too. Okay. It's weird him like he he's like, isn't your name that? And I was like, yes, but don't call me by my name. <laughs> call me dad. Uh, okay, Brian. Sorry. Uh, uh, the eccentric concentric movement, not sore. Oh yeah. So not, not too sore. I think going into this workout, the athletes were feeling, we're still feeling okay, but you know, the design of the competition here, you have a five hour window and you're doing workouts. There's not that much turnaround between them. And while it's nice for the structure of the day, it's a challenge to, you know, to go hard on a workout or go heavy on the workout and only have maybe an hour before you have to do it again. You have to, you know, you're gonna, that's enough time where you're going to come down from it and be kind of relaxed. You have, you got to try to get something in, whether it's liquid carbs or a little bit of sugar, or, you know, whatever your electrolytes. And then you, you know, maybe have like 10 or 20 minutes and you got to start thinking about getting ready for the next one. And so that's something that if you don't practice that being in an environment here, I mean, it's very competitive out there. I mean, there, there's been, like we said, a lot of small margins and guys doing very well. Um, you may not get used to it. And so now they've had to do that twice getting ready for this final event. I think the order of events helps the way they put it together. Cause like it's, if they did get a grip first and then maybe the hand clean after that, and then into the bike or like doing the hand clean first, like I said, is a good thing to start. It's heavy weight. It's not super intense. And then having that second one and, and then the sprint style at the end, I, I think they did a good job putting the events together. Did anybody complain about their like just grip at all between get a grip and uh ride or die? No, I think that for some athletes, I could see the last, you know, 20 toes of bar. So they were, you know, not looking as comfortable on the bar, but uh, I don't think it had much of an effect uh, overall. Um, but I'll t I will tell you this last workout w was devastating. Yeah. The one thing I, I was curious is I feel like in the first round, everyone is a little gun shy on the bike. I mean, obviously nobody wants to sprint 40 and 30 cals on the echo bike, but it seemed like everybody was a little shy dipping into that intensity on, on the first round across the board. I, I thought I would have for sure seen at least one person, you know, full Paulson their way through the first cows and echo bike. Uh, and, and yeah. any, 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 any women get stopped on the legless, any men get stopped on the legless in the first round. Did you see anyone just look up after, you know, two legless and just be like, uh, -uh. no, once again, all of the athletes were able to finish the first, uh, the first round underneath the four minute time cap. Great programming. Awesome. I, 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 I absolutely uh, love it. Okay. Uh, let's look at the men's leaderboard for uh, ride or die. Uh, oh, okay. And we did this already. Uh, Lazar Jukic, uh, Luka, that, Luka had won the previous event, takes second place in this one. Okay. Let's go over to the women. Uh, Karen, uh, Karen, oh, okay. Hannah Carlson. Uh, Susie, can we check out her? Uh, Instagram, as uh, Mr. Friend had mentioned. Mm -hmm. And just a little a little note here. I don't know if you guys heard on the broadcast, but uh, Simone Montella had to withdraw from the competition for personal reasons. Hannah Carlson is his significant other. She chose to, to stay and compete today. And man, did she have an incredible day. I had a chance to talk to her uh, walking back from the venue. And, uh, um, you know, she may not be very well known of a name, but she says she's she's the opposite of Simon. He loves training and he's kind of so so about competing. She is not so um, 
big on the training. I mean, she does it. She loves competing. And, and look at this smile right here. And look what she had to say about the workout. That's cool. Uh, ride or die. I rode hard. I didn't die. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> hey, uh, really quick. Uh, leave, you can leave this up real quick, Susan. I just want to address uh, Temi. Uh, Temi is saying that one of the guys didn't finish the rope climbs in round one. Uh, the, a little bit shocking to me that it would be a guy with the upper body pulling. Who would that have been? Do you remember I, who, Temi? Uh, yeah, she she is jacked. So her boyfriend uh, pulled out because of some, uh, n- not an injury, but some sort of personal issue, Brian. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she stayed in. Oh, Vladimir Sashin. He's, he's right. Thank you, Tammy. Mm. And, oh, and we actually talked about that on the broadcast, too. My fault for forgetting that. I made a little joke with Matt Fraser that Vladimir shouldn't feel bad about that. There have been some great athletes in this sport that have had hard times <laughs> with legless rope climbs as well. Uh, but Brian, uh, Brian, you're not surprised that it's a man and then a, a woman. Aren't men usually a little bit be- better at that upper body pulling? That's by the way, that's a joke for those of you who don't know. At uh, Matt Fraser's first uh, first year at the CrossFit Games, hey, some Second. of the greatest athletes who ever do this sport Second. had a problem with a rope climb. Yep, mm-hmm. Fraser. It was. I mean, we had a little uh, laugh about it, but he said, "No, you're absolutely right. There are three three past champions of the CrossFit Games that have at one point in their career stood staring at the rope and not sure what to do in competition." Uh, who are they? Catherine, Matt. Oh, Rich. The first wow. year, yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. Uh, Good company. Uh, S- Scott Polensky, uh, proud of you, Brian. You're killing it. That's condescending. Anytime someone says they're proud of you, that means they're uh, <laughs> Scott. Not cool. Not cool. You're not his daddy, Scott. Cool. Well, then Brian, you, Scott. I'm sorry. I've, I've texted that to you before, but I did genuinely mean that. <laughs> I've been damaged by Dave. Like that back Good job on your little competition. Well, you know, Dave's, little. Dave's proud of you is a lot different yes. than a real yes. like dad's proud of it's, you. He's patting you on the head, not on the ass. Yeah. Like that was uh, cute. Yeah. Nice try. Brian, why do you say she's having a good day? I think I saw a fourth, a ninth, and a first. Why, how is that a good day? Uh, can I go to the leaderboard? If we go to the leaderboard, if I did, I see her. You're saying relatively for her, or you think maybe I saw the numbers wrong here? Uh, Hannah Carlson. She's in cool. third place in the competition. Pretty good. She got, she got a fourth, a ninth, and a and a uh, and she's a first. She's in third place overall in this competition. The only women ahead of Karen Frey and Jamie Simmons. All right, I she picked got her last. By the way, I picked day. her last out of twenty women. She's in third. Oh, oh. even better. <laughs> Damn. Does she know that you picked her last? That's why he's giving her love on the Instagram. Don't know. She does now. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, uh, second place is um, Dana Paran, the only athlete there from the uh, United States. Congratulations. That's awesome. She got a second. Karen Frey, absolutely uh, murdering it. A sixth, a first, a first, and a third. In sixth place, uh, one of, I think, many people's favorites in this field is Matilda Garns, eighth, 16th, seventh, and then a third. Um, Jamie Simmons uh, took fifth in this event, but she has a first, 11th, third, and fifth. Uh, Thoughts on the women? Pretty impressive that they all got – did they all get through all the rope climbs, all the ones that made it, like in the ones that – yeah, I think all the women were able to complete all the rope climbs in every round. And for me, you know, obviously Carlson, incredible here. The For the women, especially, the ability to get off the bike early, especially the rounds went on with only two and one legless rope climbs, proved to be advantageous. She's one of the bigger athletes out there competing. She was great on the bike and good enough on the legless rope climbs to get the win. Dana Pran was the woman that really impressed me here, though. Uh, she has an Olympic weightlifting background, no barbell in sight in this workout, and she's taking uh, second place in it. So hats off to Dana. 
Uh, it, it is it is a very short time domain, you'd say, though, right? What was the rest they got in between? Yeah, them? but I mean, there's you know legless rope climbs are hard. Yeah, length, power, grip, strength. You can see that time domain in between. I, this is another feature of this workout that I really liked. One of the most frustrating things for spectators when they watch elimination workouts is the time between heats. Mm-hmm. How did HWPO address that? The women will go. Then the men will go. And while the men are going, the women are not only resting, but the scorekeepers can do their job and make sure to have that ready to go so that when the men are done, they can announce the next 10 women up and everything flows smoothly without those I don't I mean without those long breaks in between rounds. Uh, did they call did they call Luca as the winner? Oh, it was just in one of the heats he beat Lazar, but overall he didn't win. Yeah, I, I, this is like I, we talked about Luca earlier being very well aware of the other competitors in the field. He also told me on this workout, he goes, I pushed it three seconds too fast on the last 20 cals on the echo bike. He was the winner in round one, 40 and four. He was the winner in round two, 30 and three. He was first off the bike, first up the rope on the first rep, but he had to take a break. And I think it was a smart break actually, because he knew he needed that, that extra couple breaths and that allowed his brother and, uh, to pass him. Uh, great structure of this event, uh, says uh, Temi. Um... Great job by Hard Work Pays Off. Matt Fraser, Matt O'Keefe, Jake Marconi, and the gang. Uh, Mike Halpin looks like uh, Hard Work Pays Off learned a lot from the issues at Rogue. Texas Oaklift times, bracket delays, all fixed and better color commentary. I, I really, I mean, I'm really happy everyone's getting to finish. Uh, but, but before we go, uh, two things. What is the first workout tomorrow that starts at 4 a.m. their time, or 4 p.m. your time and 4 a.m. my time? The order of the workouts for tomorrow has not been announced, but of course, of- why would they? <laughs> <laughs> but two of the workouts have been announced for tomorrow. If you do see the prince, tell him I approve of the way he's running this, and I think he's a very attractive man. And I swear he's Armenian and not uh, Dubai, or whatever, whatever he thinks he is. He looks Armenian as all get out. I bet you he's got Armenian in his blood. He's definitely dated Armenian woman. Uh, okay, so we don't know. We don't know what's going to be uh, starting tomorrow. But listen. We're watching. We're watching the rise of a future star of the CrossFit Games in Luka Jukic. And we're watching the decline of two great CrossFit athletes. So this might be the last time you ever see them compete in Janikowski and Brent Fikowski. You're watching these are these are these are horses with fractured limbs. They can be put down after this. Take it out into the field and shot. Uh, and finally, <laughs> we're watching a complete unknown. We're watching the curse of Pat Vellner being passed on to poor Lazar Jukic <laughs> in the desert out in the middle of Dubai. These, these are important things to notice, the nuances. The curse has been passed. Poor Lazar and Luka Jukic is, uh, is, is the future of uh, Serbia. Go ahead. And that's a clip. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. Go ahead, Brian. What do you got to say? I'll say uh, – Two, two things in response to that. One, I, I mentioned I spoke with Luca today, and I told him I thought this was the best individual day of competition that I've ever seen him have. And he didn't, he acknowledged something similar, saying this has been a really hard year for him, and that he felt like today between the you know the PR on the lifting and obviously the great execution and, and first and second place finish on those other two workouts, uh, that 
this was an opportunity for him to show with the things that he's been working on. He reiterated that the training camp that he and Laz had leading into this was really, really good for him. And he also mentioned that just by placing first and second on those workouts today, he'd won as much prize money as all the other competitions he's done this year, which is like six or eight competitions. So on a lot of different fronts, this is really good for him. We've talked about the fact that his parents are here watching this weekend, but he also said, we're only at the halfway point and I got more to show tomorrow. $3,000 to win. Uh, Chase, um, are, are we, what, what do you think? Uh, Luka Jukic, the curse of uh, Pat Vellner, and uh, <laughs> uh, just three events that Lazar has the been. The Serbian uh, Vellner? Yeah, I mean, uh, Lazar is, 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 is he's, he's got it. I mean, and, uh, and Fikowski and Koski, are, are we watching, is this the beginning? Is it, are we, no, we've already seen the beginning of the end. Is this the end of these guys? Uh, you know, I think Fikowski just needs a healthy run. Is, you know, he was banged up in 2021 and then 2022, obviously just nothing really went his way that year for Luca. He needs to put it all together. All right. He had a pretty decent lowlands, but he couldn't keep it from end to end from the competition. So he needs to, and you'd be surprised what that looks like, right? Lazar is very consistent. If you get the, like Fellner, right? He maybe has something that knocks him down, but he's so consistent and has his home run shots and he's good end-to-end across the competition. With Luca. there is a massive element for athletes sometimes when they get they, they compete way better not in the lead. So say maybe that first bad start was the best thing for Luca. so now all the pressure of doing well is off, and so he doesn't get it in his own head. What is Luca going to do if he's in the top three or top two or maybe in the top position going into the final event? How is that going to affect his psyche? How is that going to affect his emotions on the competition floor? You see that a lot with athletes, the ones that do better in online competition because they don't have the pressure of life competition. I'm curious if Lazar is more of that gamer, like we talked about with some of these athletes, versus Luca. that does he, can he keep this loose, fun, good competitiveness when he's now in the spotlight versus trying to chase his way up the leaderboard. Chase, incredible insight there. He referenced uh, exactly this uh, this evening. He said he was second place after day one at Lowlands and didn't end well. He said he was second place at day one after um, Madrid, didn't end well. The fact that he was in such a bad position after the first two events this time around, he called it competing free, and he felt really comfortable doing that today. Now the pressure's on and people have a little bit of expectation, so he needs to answer the toll tomorrow too. You know also competes well like that is Pat Vellner. <laughs> yep. He does. Like uh, Pat, Pat always see- screwed up when he was fighting it out with Matt, and then he'd have like a 34th place finish, and then he'd climb back into the top two after six events. Uh, Mike Halpin, has Sevon seen the leaderboard when saying Brent is finished? Well, let's look at the leaderboard <laughs> uh, before we say goodbye to you guys until tomorrow. Unless I, unless I, unless, unless I do another unless podcast. We get, unless we get frisky this evening and hop yeah, on yeah, here after yeah. your, uh, yeah, after tour my day, tour day, day at the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah tour to beach day. <laughs> uh, Brent Fikowski sitting in first place with 325 points. Moritz, Moritz Feebig, uh, in second place. Alex Katulis in third place. Don't tell me. Uh, Savan, do you remember we were doing the, uh, the preview show? And I mentioned that there was one guy that everyone was giving me a hard time about picking to finish fourth. No. You don't remember that? No. No one's surprised that you don't remember that. It was more it's Fubik. Now, we're not saying that he's going to finish there, but he is off to a good start. Uh, okay. I, I think I do remember now that you're saying that. Uh, in, in fourth place, we have... Anyol Ikai. Damn. Anyol. Damn, I knew I, I wrote it down phonetically. Anyol <laughs> 
on on yo uh akai and in fifth place con porter by the way i do want to say notice that uh it sounds like on yo akai when we made fun of him on this show it doesn't sound like he's going to go to the internet with it and t- be all offended uh even though it is probably one of the more offensive things i could say about anyone very That's bizarre good. no petitions for savan how nice <laughs> <laughs> must be nice must be nice <laughs> Of all the shit that's come out of your mouth, uh, Brent, uh, Brent Fikowski, uh, uh, w- what is what a stud! Uh, a, a, a treat for everyone there to watch. Uh, one of the greatest CrossFitters, definitely, probably top. Where is Brent right now, Brian? A top ten all-time uh, male CrossFitters, definitely in the top ten, right? Six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. Maybe. Yeah, uh, very cool. Uh, and let's go over to the women. Uh, and Con Porter, lots always love for Con Porter, bringing his own special energy to every single event. There's no doubt. Uh, Karen uh, Cotton, whatever uh, Frey, super duper impressive, uh, absolutely fun to watch. Jamie Simmons uh, at it again. Hannah Carlson, uh, you, you know, stick, sticking it out you know, through hard times, and uh, down in fifth place. Uh, what, what, we skipped over fourth place. Yeah, because I don't really know her. <laughs> She's oh, well, let me educate you. Adam. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, Oyana Moya, lone Spaniard. Oyana Moya, um, I hope that she's able to finish this competition well. She most likely would have placed in the top 10 at Wadapalooza last year if not having a little wrist injury on Saturday. She had been trying to recover from that for a majority of the season. She did okay, made the last chance qualifier at the Lowlands Throwdown, but still wasn't competing 100%. She, she did tell me she was coming into this one feeling very good. We know how strong she can be. Pretty consistent for three workouts. Not so good on the bike and legless rope climb. I would expect that to be her worst finish, but sitting in a great position after four events. Uh, and, and what a fabulous country to visit, Spain. So I'll give it that. Emily Rolf uh, had to leave the games early this year. Uh, could not finish, correct? Uh, ha- after an injury. Uh, a, a fantastic athlete to watch. Um, always is a threat in uh, wherever she goes. I'm happy to see her uh, doing well. Three, seventeen, fifth, and seventh. Uh, and you could never, ever, I don't think, count her out. This pedigree that these games athletes bring is, uh, and, and this this experience is the real deal. Uh, okay, hopefully we will see you guys tomorrow. What a treat it was. Thank you so much to Brian Friend uh, and Chase for both uh, coming on last minute. Actually, even Matt Souza, everyone, uh, we pulled this together in the last hour. 2.11 oh, a.m. Oh, my God. Brian, bro. Guys, we will see you tomorrow. Uh, Thanks for all the money you donated on the show. That was really kind of you guys. (laughs) (laughs) See 